Aloha, everyone, and welcome to our Undoing Radio. I am your host, Jeremy Vaney, and I'm going to do something, I don't know, lazy? Something I've been wanting to do for a while? Something that I may do consistently, because it is kind of lazy, which is um, to answer questions that I see as recurring questions in various spaces, such as YouTube, Quora, Reddit, um, and various social medias online, um, about so-called spirituality. Um, now, I don't know why you would go on Quora and keep asking the same questions over and over again. Aren't you supposed to, like, look in their search engine and see if they've been asked already? See if someone's uh, come up with an answer? But no. <laughs> I keep getting different people asking the same question different ways in my, uh, my, my quest for, uh, I don't know, perfect answers. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what my quest is for, but since I don't find perfect answers, I will provide them. Oh yes, I will. So I want to start with, uh, one that I see quite often, which is interesting and slightly offbeat, although not really, if you know me at all which is, was Jiddu Krishnamurti enlightened? And of all the so-called enlightened people, it's interesting that this comes up and I never see, was Jiddu Krishnamurti lying? Was Jiddu Krishnamurti a fraud? Um, it's always, was he enlightened? Now, I'm sure those questions exist somewhere and I'm not seeing them, but it, um, it just says something that, that I haven't seen that, I guess. Uh, because you do see that with other people, including people who are still alive, like Sadhguru. Is he a cultist? Is he enlightened? Is he a fraud? Is he pulling one over on people? You know, that sort of thing. Um, what they should really be asking is, is he just kind of boring and not saying anything, but using a lot of words to do it? <laughs> I think that's his, his biggest crime. Nevertheless, uh, Krishnamurti, the question comes up, always, was he enlightened? And the answers range from, no, he was an intellectual. He was not enlightened. Or, you know, variations on that theme. That he was smart, but no. Or he was sort of, kind of-ish, but he didn't really get it because he didn't talk about powers and the such. He sort of downplayed all that other stuff because uh, all the sort of psychic stuff because um, he never really had those experiences so he poo-pooed them um, or just plain no <laughs> right like that's the no aspect of it and those are um, those are silly answers uh, and then of course there's the yes yes he was enlightened but even that is often, not always, but often uh, followed up with um, some explanation of why his brand of enlightenment doesn't work because the audience never got it, because he was too intellectual about it, uh, or too, too in your head, too rational, too trying to cater to that rational, logical mind, and so uh, nobody could really get it. Um, and then, of course, is just plain the answer yes with some, like, you know, longer explanation of yes. 
but usually I see yes with caveats, <laughs> which is always interesting because where are those caveats with the people who talk about powers and, you know, give paths toward truth or meditative practices and all that sort of stuff? It's like if they give you something, quote unquote, tangible, I mean, it's not really tangible, but something that you can sort of metaphorically tangible, metaphorically sink your teeth into, um, then that is connecting with the audience, right? Or having a heart-to-heart is connecting with the audience, as opposed to saying it like it is, which is what the audience actually needs. So in that vein, let's answer the question, was Judo Krishnamurti enlightened in a way that... Uh, he might not actually find disagreeable when he were alive. Because his answer to that was always, as people would ask him, you know, uh, his answer would be like to sort of scoff at the question and ask, you know, is that really what you're interested in? Does it matter if the speaker is enlightened? Um, and then go into what does matter and sort of in that if you would listen to it all the way through you would find why the question is inappropriate but inevitable but i think let's let's not bury the lead during this podcast let's uh let's call that part out because that is the answer to the the question um is was Judah Krishnamurti enlightened the answer is why are you asking that? Because I know that we say that, um, like, there is no such thing as a bad question about other things, right? About other topics that you're trying to learn about. But presumably, you're not just trying to learn about whether someone is enlightened and all that, but you want something from them if they are. If everyone tells you, no, these people aren't enlightened, don't pay any attention, you'll go on to the next person. And you're looking for that, that, that master, that guru, that, uh, that teacher, that really, nowadays, what you're looking for probably is just a quick fix, right? Just some sort of, you want some quote-unquote tangible power or event to happen to you, for you to have. For you to go, ah, there is more to life. There is more to reality than just materialism. You live, you die. And then in between you just sneer at people who don't believe that. There is more. And now I am that more. Go me. So when we're talking about, quote unquote, I'm doing a lot of quote unquotes lately, huh? Quote unquote, spirituality. It's not that there are bad questions per se. It's that the questioner, if the questioner would only investigate themselves and why they're asking that question and be honest with themselves about why they're asking that question, then perhaps something moves within that person. Something, something gets broken up and there, there's room for truth to maneuver. And then, you know, such a one will find out for themselves what this so-called enlightenment is, as opposed to asking, was so-and-so enlightened? Of course, the first question, like if you were just to do a logical, you know, sort of bunch of questioning, the first question would be is, what is enlightenment? 
I mean, why are we asking other people, strangers online, listening to me, even, about whether someone is enlightened or not, as if we all know what enlightenment means? What does enlightenment mean? What is that? What are you even asking? Why aren't you asking that first? And this isn't to hurt anyone's feelings. Again, this is like, you need to ask yourself why you're asking questions out of order. <laughs> uh, why you're asking them at all to strangers, to anyone. Like, what is your motivation? Because if your motivation is to see, to understand that which is beyond you, that which transcends and includes you, that, therefore, which is not directly just you adding on to yourself as a bit of knowledge, then who's going to give that to you? Who's going to set you right? Is that not something that you must come upon for yourself? And I guess this is a variation on, you know, if you ask the master some great spiritual question, right? And then the master asks back, who's asking? You know, ooh, that old trope, that old zenny trope, right? Who's asking? And then you're supposed to be like, oh, that's deep. Who is asking? I don't know. Who am I? Now, let's let's get to why are you asking um, rather than the why is who? I mean, these are the same sort of question, but I feel like asking like who, wh who's asking has been done to death and carries its own connotations at this point. So if we're going to clean slate it, why are you asking at all? Is Jiddu Krishnamurti enlightened? You're asking because you want something. You're not asking because you care if Jiddu Krishnamurti is enlightened beyond that you can get something from him if he is or was. But you can't even articulate what that something is because you haven't asked what is enlightenment. What do we mean by that? Different people mean different things. And are any of them correct? You want something from a man who said, do not seek. <laughs> Stop wanting, right? Let's look into the nature of wanting, the nature of desire. Let's look into the nature of the seeker for the sake of doing so. And let's see if in doing that, if in deconstructing these notions, the desire stops, the want stops, the seeking stops. And in that moment, if there is such a thing as truth, it has room to maneuver. I mean, this is what Krishnamurti uh, espoused. And so if you're someone who has heard him speak or read a book and you're like, I don't know, is he enlightened? You're still not ready to hear how he is speaking. So it doesn't matter if he's enlightened or not. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can't, you literally can't hear it. And this gets to the question of, again, why are you seeking advice from strangers online? Isn't it because you want an answer that you can identify with? And based on that answer, you'll know whether to pay attention to someone or not, right? Like, this is, this is what we do, right? So when you meet someone in person and you ask them for advice or you ask them for their their take on things 
you know, if you know them, if you're friends, if you're family, if you know them at all, then you know who you're asking, you know sort of what their sensibilities are, are, are going to be, and maybe they'll surprise you, but more than likely they won't. And you know what your sensibilities are, and so you'll, based on, on all, of, all of that, uh, you will deduce whether or not you want to pay any attention to whatever it is you're asking them about. There's even less work involved when you're asking a stranger online because all you have to pay attention to is whether that person is hitting all the right notes for you. If they're saying what you like to hear in the way that you like to hear it. And based on that, you can go, you can make your decision and you can go with your fantasy, right? It's all about fortifying your wants, fortifying your desires, fortifying yourself as the seeker, right? This is why we ask strangers online. I mean, this may be why we ask each other in person too, but at least there's a little more work involved and a little more relating to another person as opposed to solely relating to yourself and only listening to the person who gives you the feedback that is what you want to hear. You know, like if you were to ask someone in person and you knew that person and they they uh, they could maybe convince you of something to pay attention to something that you otherwise wouldn't. But if you just ask random people online and somebody who, quote unquote, speaks your language, gives you all the flowery, new agey, Zen language, namaste crap that appeals to you. Or the logical, there's nothing to see here, rational, materialistic, reductionistic, um, dry language. Or whatever is in between. You know, the religious languages. Whatever it is. However, however they speak that you self-identify as, that's what you're likely to pay attention to and go with. So, even in that sense, you're not truly asking... Was Jiddu Krishnamurti enlightened? What you're asking is, hey, somebody who sounds like me or how I envision myself sounding or how I want to sound, somebody who sounds like that, um, speak up so that I can know whether to pay attention to this person in the hopes that this person also sounds like who I am. We're talking about Jiddu Krishnamurti here. Or who I want to be. Right? And who I can mimic. Like, who's the next person I should mimic? Who's the next person whose use of language I should adopt to sound enlightened myself? This is what we want. And it's why we need to be honest with ourselves about why we're actually asking the question. I mean, obviously, don't take my word for what you want. (laughs) Ask yourself. Ask yourself why you're listening to a podcast like this. Is it just because you enjoy my voice? Do I put you to sleep? Am I... Should I whisper like that BSDM or whatever that's called? Presumably, you're listening to a show like this because... One of two reasons, besides hate listening. (laughs) Although the first one is probably compatible with hate listening, which is um, that you fancy yourself the astute spiritual person and or scholar 
who knows all this stuff already. And so you listen to go, ah, I know that, I know that, yes, I know, yes, I'm clever, I've thought that before, yes, yes, me, 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 me. Um, Or because you are seriously seeking something. Let's call it enlightenment. Let's just use that word. Um, And so you find something I'm saying tantalizing in all of these episodes, but it's just not quite clicking with you. You're not there yet, right? You're still, or I'm not there yet within you. You're still waiting for that moment. You're hoping that I'll say those magic words, a la peanut butter sandwiches, whatever it is where you magically wake up, where you become enlightened, where you have the aha moment and get it. Ah, yeah, that's it. But that's never going to happen. Maybe ever, but perhaps won't happen for as long as you're constantly listening to me and not asking yourself why you're still listening to me. Why do you really listen at all? Because the truth is, if you listen to someone like me, or if, you know, Krishnamurti's audience listening to him in the past, uh, you hear over and over again this thing about not seeking, over and over again about the self must dissolve for truth to be the case. Um, I mean, unless you're, you're doing some sort of I don't know, what would this be? Anthropology paper? (laughs) Or something? Spiritual paper? Like you're a historian and you're just trying to document stuff and learn? I mean, you've heard me say don't learn. You've heard Krishnamurti say don't learn. It's not about learning. I am not a teacher. If you're learning anything, you're doing it wrong, right? Like that kind of language. You've heard me say this, if you've listened to this show at all. And yet you're still here listening, and why? So you have to ask yourself that. Why am I still here listening? But not ask it in the attempt to decide whether to keep listening or not. Ask it, you're really asking, who am I? (laughs) Who is it that's asking? We're back to the trope, (laughs) right? Like, why am I here doing this? Why am I punching myself in the face? Because that's what people who punch themselves in the face do. Oh, well, how do you stop punching yourself in the face? I, You know, if you literally can't stop your fist from punching you in the face, there's a real, like, psychological issue with, with not just you personally, but with the mind behind the you, behind the self, the psyche. Uh, and so how do we step out of the stream of that mind? Not embrace it, not... Or, maybe better put, how does one evaporate the stream regardless of what may or may not be there when you do? Do it because you're punching yourself in the face. Do it because the stream is polluted. The stream sucks. That's why you do it. Not because you want to be in a different stream or you want to be on dry land or however this metaphor is shaping up. Um but do it because that's the right thing to do, right? And so it is with just asking yourself, like, why am I listening to this stuff? Why am I asking questions like, is Judy Christian Murray enlightened? Is Jeremy enlightened? 
Um, and I don't mean to compare myself to Jiddu Krishnamurti, but I think it's fair to assume that some of you may be wondering that, um, or have maybe answered it. <laughs> maybe, maybe those are the people not listening. Who knows? Um, so I hope you're beginning to see what the problem is here uh, and how this actually is an appropriate full answer because a yes or no is, is to, is Judah Krishnamurti enlightened. That doesn't tell you anything. That doesn't give you anything useful to mull over. Uh, what I'm actually sharing with you here is perhaps ironically, um, by not answering yes or no is giving you what you need. Because, as uh, I've sort of been talking around here, the yes-no question comes from the seeker, right? Obviously. And, again, seeking what? Ultimately, not seeking an answer to that, but seeking enlightenment for oneself. Whether we define that or not. But are you? Is one, are you, truly seeking enlightenment? Are you truly seeking the answer to the question, is Judah Krishnamurti enlightened? Or are you seeking because you're a seeker, and that's what seekers do, and so the object of that seeking is superfluous. It doesn't feel superfluous because, you know, we're talking about the ultimate here, ooh, enlightenment, ooh. But... It is superfluous. This is why it isn't about learning. Even though we desperately want it to be. We desperately want it to be about something that we can have and hold, be or become. Because that means that we get to go on. The seeker seeking gets to go on. Now in a new and improved higher form. Now, transcendently seeking. The seeker wants to seek. That is all that you want. That is it. That's all you do. You're like a robot, and you've got this one task called seeking, but somehow you've deluded yourself into believing uh, you're this big, complicated, free will creature, <laughs> uh, you know, who's, who's on to something, or going to be, or wants to be. You neither are nor want to be onto anything that destroys you, that annihilates you, that kills the self, death to the psyche. The psyche, which is the seeker, does not actually want that. You don't want that, and that is what it takes to understand whether or not there is such a thing as enlightenment and what that enlightenment is. There are lots of little enlightenment substitutes out there. The things that we have put together with thought. The things that we have put together as lessons, as meditations, as destinations along a path. If you just follow the path correctly, if you just practice, if you just repeat, 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 you'll find the thought form version the bright, shiny replica of truth. 
that which has been discovered by someone else and committed to paper <laughs> or committed to an oral tradition or not, perhaps, you know, there are those who just make it up out of whole cloth. However that shakes out, committed to memory. Doesn't matter. It's all the same. It's all the false. What's not truth is the false. So while on a practical level it matters whether someone is lying to you or, or not, someone is uh, making something up and claiming it to be truth, or someone is telling you what happened to them or what they say has happened in their tradition to other so-called enlightened people, yeah, on a practical level that matters, but functionally the false is the false. And you are either the false or you are truth. So, what is enlightenment? That question we've been avoiding? It's unanswerable. It's to be lived. And so any answer and any plot on the map of a spiritual tradition or New Age fantasy, both the same thing, is false. Is not enlightenment. Even if it was to someone at some point in their life, has zero relevance to your life, except on the level of, is this person making it up or not? So all of these thought forms, all of these memories, all of these untruths form the enlightenment, the epiphany that one stumbles upon through these paths, through these teachings, through these step-by-step -step instructions. And if that's what you want, and that is what you want, if you want anything at all, because that's what keeps you here, you'll find that in abundance out there. In fact, the person who answers the Jiddu Krishnamurti question in such a manner that you find compatible with you will likely lead you to those paths. And even if that person likes Krishnamurti and thinks, yes, he is enlightened, more often than not will, either by their design or by your own interpretation, lead you or you'll lead yourself to see Krishnamurti as one among many voices. All paths lead to the same truth, right? And so even if he's enlightened, well, there are other ways to do it. There are other ways to get there, which, of course, presumes that Krishnamurti uh, was a path or gave a path, which is not the case. In fact, funny enough, he uh, said truth is a pathless land. That was, that was the path of no path, right? But it's not a path of no path. People say that. Um, but it's not a path at all. And you can't get around that by saying path of no path. Uh, it truly is if you you are the seeker and, and if you are to understand that which is not you, that which is not of this mind, of this psyche, of this human collective stream, you can't be in the stream anymore. But what are you to do, little fish? For you are of the stream. You breathe it. You live it. Well, you can be in the stream of time, physically, 
without being in the stream of psychological time. Well, that's not completely true. You can't. You can't be in the stream of time and not in the stream of psychological time. The body can be in the stream of time, but the psychological entity, the seeker, the self, which is the body's projection, doesn't have to be the case. Truth, which transcends and includes you, the self-awareness of truth, may be the case when the seeker is no more. Not when the seeker stops seeking so much as the seeker's dead and the body is alive. Because instructing the seeker on how not to seek, even saying, yeah, go, go pay attention to Krishnamurti. That guy's got it. All you can hear is, ah, he's got what I seek. <laughs> if you're to be honest with yourself, you can repress that and say, no, no, I get it. I, I truly want what I'm, I don't want what I'm seeking. I, I what, what is it again? <laughs> it's a tongue twister. What is it I'm supposed to say here? What gets me that magic access to enlightenment? What's the right thing to say? I'll tell myself that over and over again. I'll train myself to want it just the right way. And of course, there is no training. There is no disciplining yourself. There's no discipline that gets you to the pathless place. Because that would be a path, right? True discipline comes after the fact, if at all. But even saying that to you isn't helpful, is it? Nothing I can say is going to be helpful. So why are you listening? And why am I the one asking you that and not you? <laughs>